That's cool. It's not cool to hit things. That's rude. Um, you know how I like dynamite because it's like the home for all like the wayward characters that just don't have that usually fall out of dead comic companies. Yes. I saw a thing this week that you might convert and join me. Yes. They're they're starting a um a comic series that um that Disney didn't feel like doing. They're doing Darkwing Duck. Darkwing Duck. Well, every weird abstract noir character finds their way to Dynamite eventually, right? True. So now now one of us. I'm just going to leave this some weird crossovers. <laughs> yeah, I thought of the possibilities are fun. What do you think about that? Yeah. Oh. I, I hate to tell it's you. It's a Disney I'm, thing. I thought you'd care. I, I care. But also, I don't care who's producing it. It's just funny to me that it's not a Disney title. Yeah, because it should be under IDW. Hmm. No. I guess they didn't feel like it's so Dynamite's picking up the slack for them. That said, I don't feel like Disney really committed to any of the things they were publishing. No. Like, Figment didn't stick around. They tried to do, like, the Ride comics. Mm. I don't feel like they stuck around. No. Disney can't work out what they want to do at the moment. No. Ladies and future boys, welcome to the School for Wayward Nerds, the only podcast being actively gaslit by Arthur Clown at the moment. My name is Toby DePaula, and last Sunday was a day full of mourning, or celebration, depending on how you look at it. Uh, for fans of the Fallout franchise, that is. Because the 23rd of October, 2077, is the day the old world ends and the bombs drop. Mm. It's also the 25th anniversary of the series this year, so I would be remiss to not spend this week's topic in the wasteland. But it's Spooky Month, so a theme needs to be met. Um, we have already covered a few of the horrifying vaults that people were subjected to on this podcast. So this week, let's imagine you made it out of your vault tech containment and are new to the nuclear wasteland. It's time to talk about some of the spooky and horrible things you might come across while you're out there. Joining me is the big iron on my hip, producer Kyle. Big iron on his hip. Sorry, that's the only correct answer to that. What is the spookiest fallout thing you've witnessed in passing? Um, I, I feel like the whole of fallout is relatively spook. Yeah. Everything's kind of got a chill factor in it. But that's, like... Everything's it, distressing. It's post-apocalyptic, but it's probably the most believable post-apocalyptic. Mm. Like, a lot of them are like, all the world has ended and everyone's out here on their own and they're forming cults. This is just like, yeah, we deal with this shit on the daily. Yeah, everything sucks. It's fine. Don't go in the water. Don't eat the food. Don't talk to that man over there. He will eat you. Yeah, that's one of the problems I had with this idea for an episode is like every fucking aspect of the franchise is distressing in some way or another, but to narrow it down to spooky... It's, That's it's, the tricky part. That's it's easier rub. to find the things that are kind of okay in the Fallout world. I can name, like, three. Yeah. So, good good luck. Get, get spooky with it. Alright, so let's dip our toe into the creepiness of the wasteland in a spot that could potentially be a lot of people's first taste of the paranormal offerings in the Fallout series. The Good Springs Cemetery of Fallout New Vegas. Um, you play this game as the courier, who was shot in the head and buried in the cemetery, and yet miraculously you survive and go off on your merry way to kick the shit out of the guy who did that to you in the first place. Great work. Yeah. That's the that's the plot surrounding the cemetery, and aside from coming back there for a snow globe and to shoot some bugs, it doesn't offer much else. Um, unless you have some loud headphones. Mm. So, so, see, there are several creepy sounds in New Vegas. People eventually learnt um, that the sounds came from little roaring T-Rex toys. Like, the objects will occasionally have, like, a tinny, slow-batteried roar noise. Like the cow thing at the start of the movie. Yeah. And um, and the slurred music that emanates from the Hula Girls toys is also a similar one. People are like, I think I'm having, like, a, a scary stroke. Hmm. Um, however, the whispering that flows up from the graves in this cemetery has no explanation. 
Oh no. Yep, whispering. Very strange whispering. Sounds of one thing, but let's meet a more corporeal ghost. Something more legit. For that, we are going to Fallout 2, in which the chosen one, that being you, can travel to the frontier town full of drugs called the Den. Okay. Well, while hanging out in this digital dandinong of a place, you can meet a storyteller called the Great Ananias. That's a name and a half. Mm-hmm. He's in this spooky house, and he will tell you the tale of a beautiful princess who wore a magical amulet. Jealous of the magical amulet, a magician came along and poisoned the princess, taking it for himself. Rude. Ananias says that her spirit waits for her amulet to return in the next room over. So to call his bluff, or to investigate further... Your little chosen one character will wait in the room until the witching hour is upon them. Being 3am, I think, in this canon. Your little chosen one character will wait in the room until the witching hour is upon them. Uh, 3am. That's a good time. I know, like, there's an argument whether it's midnight or 3am. I think it's the whole stretch. Like, happy hour goes for several hours. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's happy hour for witches. And sure enough, a transparent grey woman begins to roam the room. Uh, She isn't the princess, though. Uh, She can't hear us talking, but we can hear her. She tells us that she is Anna Winslow. The magician was just a thief, and the amulet was a locket she held dear to her during life. In cut content, it's revealed that the locket was a gift from her mother. But, um, that that part's stripped out. I mean, every girl is a princess. Yeah. I'm asking around the town, the den, about this haunted house um, that that storytelling guy lives in, and... It'll lead you eventually to a person who lived there last, mm-hmm. who is a chem dealer named Joey. Um, he claims that the ghost he saw was just a bad trip, man, uh, and depending on your charisma, or your bribe, or just looting his corpse when you're done, um, you can get the locket back. Oh, he's the magician. Oh, yeah. Joey the magician. Joey magician. Uh, giving the locket back to Anna releases her soul. Her form disappears and her bones just kind of fall wherever you spoke to her at the time. Word. And you can take these bones and bury them in the churchyard between her parents as well, if you are so inclined. Isn't that nice? Oh, that's actually kind of sweet for Fallout. Hmm. This was... Yeah, that's a doing of you. That's not... <laughs> you could take the time to do that. I know, but the <laughs> fact that they even wrote it in. Yeah. Uh, this was the franchise's first ghost, but not the last. The... Uh, the kid who got ate by the bear in the Honest Hearts DLC for New Vegas. Uh, the victims of Haven Church uh, in Fallout 76, but I don't know if there's real evidence yet. But we're constantly updating online game. I'm sure we'll get a ghost. Sure, why not? And uh, my personal favourite of the bunch are Lucy Granchester in the Granchester Mystery Mansion, which is a very cute homage to the Winchester Mystery House. Which is good. Look, even the Her story has nothing to do okay. with Winchester, but, like, the building does. Yeah. Um, in that one, like, a weird possessed daughter ends up, like, killing her parents and going to a mental asylum only to escape and kill herself in the attic. Yay. But the house is cool. It's got the, it's got the stairway and everything. The stairway to nothing. Yeah. Hmm. Right. Being a spooky ghost might be tough, but I think I would prefer that fate over becoming a robo-brain. Appearing in Fallout, Fallout 2, Fallout Tactics, Fallout 3, Fallout New Vegas, Fallout 4... Fallout 76, and even showing up in the scrapped plans for Van Buren, the Robo Brain was a revolutionary advancement in combat technology. What better CPU and data storage device is there than the human mind? Um, that's what was asked when General Atomics, Robco Industries, and the US military joined forces to work on this project before the Great War. Um, from there, it's basically what it sounds like. You know, you got the human brain in a glass compartment above a trash bin body with little tank treads for legs. Uh, the first ones I ever met while playing this series were um, those old-timey celebrities in Far Harbor. Oh, yeah. You remember those? Yeah, kind of. Accidentally fucked one. Were they, like, 1920s? Yeah, they were super old-timey, like, debutantes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was doing the flirt move, thinking she'd dish more gossip about the other ones, but selecting that too many times accidentally made my character take them. <laughs> Take them where? I don't know, because they're a trash bin on wheels. Like, I don't know what you do with that. I I do like that the first person that you had sex with after your husband's, like, horrifically traumatizing death is a female robot. It was an accident. I didn't mean to wine and dine in bed, that bitch. Uh Uh-huh. 
It's Alfred from Telltale Batman all over again, man. I, I clicked a button thinking it meant something else. Dialogue's scary. Um, so yeah, I thought people volunteered to be on Die in Futurama Heads and Jars with, you know, with the wheels to travel as well. Yeah. Not necessarily the case. Well, I mean, they don't pick it in Futurama, do they? No, I, hmm. I don't know. It's vague. I mean, most of them don't seem happy about it. A lot of them were already dead, so I don't know where they're getting their heads. Yeah, that's true. They didn't intend on just cracking open skulls and tossing the contents into a jar, though. They wanted perfect soldiers originally. Ones without the inconvenience of three thought or individuality. So that brings us to the secret research facility underneath the Robco Sales and Service Center in Boston. This facility was real hush-hush. It had like 219 security protocols and shit just to prove my point. It started off as a joint venture, but the guy in charge, Lieutenant Green, would soon and, you know, methodically fire all the Robco employees on the project and replace them with military employees. Nice. At some point um, around here, it became a bit less research, a bit more assembly line. Um, they still researched, of course, but in a bit more of a Unit 731 style, uh, like when they put sulfuric acid on one of the brains to see what would happen, and it modelled and turned brown and they had to throw it out. Um, the project seemed to be treated more like a novel, fun project than handling of human organs. Take, for example, that dude who configured one of the brains to talk like Bizarro just to see, just he thought it would be funny. I mean, if you're able to make him do what you want. We didn't tell anyone that's what was going wrong, and a bunch of people were trying to work out why the fucking robot was broken. Yeah. He was braining backwards. Yeah. Um, yeah, after, like, like, once they started doing the assembly stuff, the first batch of robo brains came off the assembly line. Some have cracks in their domes, you know, some have overloaded servers or other technical difficulties, and some of them, you know, had trouble following orders. Remember in Futurama when the robot maid from Jetsons stated that she had to kill Alroy to keep him from getting dirty? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of that problem. Like, one of the robo brains you meet were told to keep... The wasteland's safe, and their reasoning is like, well, yeah, if you just take out all the people, nothing bad can happen to the people. I mean, they have a point. <laughs> yeah. you got to explain things really slow and real specific to dumb robots. I'm really I've good learned at this. I've learned this from every robot in sci-fi. I'm really good at talking to the human brain slowly and clearly. All right. So Strangely, it's something I have much practice at. Yeah. As you explore this facility, some more, you know, some more, you come across another terminal used by a person named Broderick. He writes, feel free to put like an old-timey radio static over this part of my dialogue. Sure. When you're editing. Mm-hmm. Wink, wink. They're offloading another set of subjects to us today. I don't know what these men and women did to deserve being sent here, but since they were transferred from civilian penitentiaries, I can only assume they're the worst society has to offer. But I don't think these people have any idea what's about to happen to them. One thing's for sure, these prisoners would have been better off serving their time elsewhere. And then you start to notice the cages. Yay, dance club! Mm. So Broderick eventually heard rumours that these prisoners were being taken apart. And uh, when he asked his higher-ups about what he'd heard, um, he was soon transferred for no reason to another assignment, which was scrubbing toilets in Anchorage. Uh-huh. Mm. I guess the brain's got to come from somewhere, hey? What? They're just going to waste anyway. Hmm. As you go through the holding cell area, you, you glean from some of the feral ghouls in some of the cages that the place locked down when the bombs fell, and some folk were just kind of stuck in their cages this whole time, roughly 200 years. Which is rude, because, like, if you're lucky, you die of the bomb. If you're unlucky... Welcome to Fallout. Hancock's a delightful gentleman, so I have no problem with ghouls. They're just not pretty like people. That's the only difference. It's racist to think anything less of them. The ferals can eat a dick. Yeah, but you'd go feral <laughs> if you hadn't spoken to anyone in 200 years. Well, the radiation slowly makes it worse, I believe. Which is, see, everything about the fucking franchise is terrifying. If you survive the bomb, congratulations, you're going to slowly rot until, like, a dude shoots you. <laughs> They do live a long time. Well, yeah, their cells are so broken and damaged they don't know how to age and degrade properly. They're just kind of frozen in time. The only mm. thing that can happen to them is they turn feral just from 
getting worse. All you can do is get worse. I mean, retirement homes. Yeah. In the observation terminal, you learn about some of the missing prisoners, you know, the empty cages. Um, ones that would that obviously went deeper into the facility. You know, sure, ones like Subject A22 are serial killers, you know, they came from a prison, but others like A72 were in like car accidents while drink driving, mm. you know, like accidental manslaughter cases. Um, those guys would be candidates for becoming robo brains, while the woman with a family history of dementia is to be incinerated because her brain might be a dub later down the line before the warranty goes out. I mean, they take it to the next level, but it's, they have a point. It's not good, but what's worse, though? Death by fire? Or to have your brain taken out and drugged and wiped and tossed into a military weapon? I would prefer the fire. Yeah, me too. I hope they're sedated before they get incinerated. But no, it's, I'm fine it's left to It's left ambiguous because... They're not, wa- they're not wasting sedation on that. No, it's it's fallout yeah, government. Those in. people are alive as hell. Oh, yeah. They probably go in feet first, too. But it's quick. Somehow, I don't think it's as quick as it's supposed to be. Like, something's wrong because it's fallout government, baby. Nah, it's fine. Giving us nothing but enclaves and brotherhoods of steel. All right, finally, we get to the research and surgery area. Ugh. So the, the sub areas in here are labeled things like you know cerebral reconditioning or brain extraction. You know, really nice subtle things like that. The workers down here weren't even mad scientists, man. They were just like goofing sociopaths. You know, like in some of the terminal like journal entries, you got like they were using the biogel the brains are stored in to make cocktails. Um, they pranked one of the other co-workers, saying they made him a brain-shaped cake. And when he bit into his slice, it was just one of the fucking brains with icing on it. So maybe they didn't incinerate the... No, that was one of the ones that were good candidates. These were the winners. Mm. They got took out of storage to be bit into for a prank. I, I always hold to, like, I, when certain, like, things go down and people are in charge, like, they knew the bombs were... They, they were pretty certain they were going to happen. Mm-hmm. Depending on which version of the truth you go with and what fan theories and conspiracies you follow, they might have known. Yeah, definitely. But, like, that's the peak time for people that would otherwise be pushed down to just blossom. Well, the thing I like you about know, pre-war fallout... Yeah, it's... Honestly, my example was going to go in a different direction. Um, it's Epcot. That's... Ep- no, no, hang on. No, that's rude. No, hear me out, because, like... In the unstoppable juggernaut that is pre-war-like science, everyone is Walt Disney trying to build the original idea of Epcot. Like, crazy mad scientist idea. No, because it's not what Epcot was. It was going to be its own society away from America. Who are you kidding? It was going to claim independence. They lived in Florida. They had no choice. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised he didn't get eaten by a gator. Every construction worker. Yeah, but every time he visited, he ran the risk of a gator. I don't think he went out there that much because he didn't want people knowing that it was Disney. Or he was afraid of the Gators. No, literally, <laughs> they were trying to make sure people didn't know it was him. I know. But you know what I mean? It's that all, like, crazy wild. I have no. too much power and I'm going to no, do something with No, this is a very different explanation from you and me. Mm-hmm. So in the brain extraction room, you see amongst the brain, still afloat in the, like, starting to turn green gel, um, an audio tape. From one of the surgeons, um, uh, uh, let's call it Cyriletti, um, who is complaining that it's not her fault if sometimes the patients weren't sedated enough. Again, they weren't wasting it on <laughs> they were They were so sociopaths, man. I brought up her name and subject 822 on purpose because on her terminal we have a transcript of their meeting. I know what a transcript is. You don't have to wink at me. I was wondering how I was... Wondering if you were able to do a dramatic reenactment with me or not. I don't have notes. Okay, the the bit with the with the red line down the side of them. Am, am I? You can be A22 the girl doctor. I'll be. Um, you be A twenty two. I'll be the lady. Coraletti. I'll I'll be I'll be Coraletti. I'll say hello. Can you hear me? That's not what it says. Can you understand me? What? Who? Who was that? Where are you? I can't see. I'm good. What have you people done to me? Calm down, calm down. I can't feel my body. I can't feel anything. What's going on? Please, 
This is horrible. A22, if you don't calm down, I will have to turn you off. Turn me off? You mean kill me? For the love of God, tell me what you've done. And then, like, put in a sound effect of, like, maybe a flushing toilet noise. Terminating A22, subject to unstable. I literally was a robot for, like, ten seconds. It was just rude. You were a conscious brain, and then they put a mouth on you, and you had, like, problems with the whole situation. They were like, oh, fuck this guy. He's too upset. (laughs) (laughs) I like that that's too upset for them. It's too upset for them. I like that that's too upset for them. This conversation what? is what like is ten mean? seconds of adjustment period, and they're like, "Ah, fuck him! He's got a he's got a bug in his ass about not existing really anymore." What are the other ones doing? Just you know, turning on and going. See, that's the thing. I don't, I don't know. Like, what's I'm having trouble like finding evidence or proof, but the fact that this one's panicking once it has a mouth on it makes me assume that the brains are, you know, they're preserved and active, right? Yeah. They're like the worst form of a comatose patient. Mm. Because that is a. The, what are the, they can't wake up, there's nothing there. Mm. So all the jars on all those shelves in that whole area are potentially pre war survivors that just don't have um, anything to go on. <laughs> they're just a brain. Good news is they probably don't know there was bombs. Remember the cyborg brain at the start of Frankenhawker? Mm-hmm. They're like that guy. In a fish tank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they did. They put him in a whole last fish tank after the first bit. So yeah, other brains would forget what they were supposed to be doing, so they were thrown out too. Again, conscious brains, like, ah, this, this machine's a dud, scrap it for parts. You know, others started off like good robos, but like snapped back out of it, and are upset about the whole non-consensual body and senses being removed thing. Yeah. Snap back to reality. Another one was just angry. He didn't care about losing his body. He just wanted to kill the doctors that did him to him. He was like a cyberpunk John Wick. Um, but because he transitioned to Robo Brain without any like emotional oh, trauma, he was deemed a successful attempt. He went out. Oh. He was mad at them though. It's like you and the gorillas. What do you mean? The gorillas were happy in their cage, and then you broke the cage out, and they were like, we'll just kill them. You can't put big, hostile gorillas in the Fallout game and expect me not to open the cage on other people. I'm just saying. The problem is is that they kill the other people, and then suddenly there's a bunch of angry gorillas in the room. (laughs) Fuck me. (laughs) Who would have thunk it? Well, I thought it would be a more even match, and I'd pick off the wounded at the end, but... It's fucking gorillas. They were doing just fine. (laughs) (laughs) They're angry. Hmm. I haven't um, had snacks in ages. No, made a snack out of them. I have their meat. <laughs> so yeah, he, he that guy was damn good. On your way out of the place, instead of exiting through a gift shop, you get the incinerator room with the ashes and bones of so many brainless empty bodies or just the prisoners who just, you know, who thought the experiments would be easier than jail time and just paid one hell of a price for it. What do you think about the robo-brains? Um, it's it's... Spooky on the level of another human doing that to another human. Mm. And anyone that had, like, any sort of, like, I don't know if this is the right idea, they all just got, like, retrenched in Antarctica as punishment for caring. Yeah. So that's kind of, like, the human nature thing. But it's also proven that that's, like, a real issue. Mm. Like, that's happened in our timeline. Yeah. Which is spooky again. Yeah, you do experiments for less jail time and stuff. Mm-mm. But they were just blatantly lying to those people. <laughs> what was the experiment? What were they told was the experiment? Because they had their brain sucked out and potentially thrown into a robot if they felt like it. I mean, in saying that. Sometimes they used all the gel keeping it alive to make drinks. Because <laughs> they were thirsty. But in saying that, mm. like, doesn't matter what you tell them because you're going to kill them anyway. Yeah. I think it hits harder because of the like the order I did the DLCs of Fallout Four, because like we said, those like old timey celebrity ones, they're they're funny, they're they're dumb as shit. They're they're on their little stage doing their acting roles, and you got to solve a murder. And one of the Robo Brains on his trash bin wearing a handsome little bow tie. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, I assume this was like a consensual like experiment thing, like the whole cryogenically frozen shit. Yeah. But it's like, nah, they had to test it, like, on hundreds of people who really weren't fond of the concept. It's like, oh, that's less fun. Yeah. That's less whimsical, indeed. All right. So, 
those are some spooky concepts from the, the land. Now it's time to look up to them skies. I have fond memories of strutting my character into that little cave in Fallout 4 near the downed UFO and just belting a home run across the head of that little green bitch. But there's a lot more to the aliens featured in the series than just that. Now, there is proof or hearsay that other aliens do exist in the Fallout universe, but the majority of times we cross paths with the Zaytans. Um, the classic little green men kind of looking trope. You know the ones. Yeah. In 2062... That's um, a long time. Yep, before the Great War, there was a spaceship piloted by an astronaut named Colonel Hardigan. During his expedition, when the ship left the atmosphere, disappeared. Didn't make oh. any contact. Didn't come back down either. Nothing. Just oh, gone. No. This was the first time the go- American government started to worry about aliens. But as we learn, it's not the first abduction, no sir. Uh, Fallout 3, Mothership Zeta, the DLC for that. Your character, the Lone Wanderer, uncovers a crashed UFO, and upon approach, you get proper abducted. Waking up as a prisoner on the mothership and meeting that colonel astronaut guy uh, and a slaver and a medic and a pre-war girl and a cowboy and a fucking samurai. And it's got people. Yeah, a samurai, Kyle. Mm. Um, deciding life in the wasteland is probably better than being an alien experiment. You, uh, like those are like the abomination hybrids they're making, which are gross little monsters. Um, you got a jailbreak and stop the full-on alien invasion. Um... Mothership Zeta might be the most alien time we've had, but like I mentioned in Fallout 4, it's not the only time. Aliens have been around the entire time. There's a random encounter in Fallout 1 in which you can find a downed UFO. Mm. Two, I'm going to say they're Zayton skeletons. They're just classic little skeletons with big heads laid beside the, the ship. The UFO has a small label on it that says property of Area 51 if found, uh, please return. Uh-oh. Well, please return if found. That, that lost him. Hmm. One dead alien has the alien blaster. Uh, the other, why well, he has a painting of Elvis, of course. Duh. What's the thing from Men in Black? Elvis isn't dead, he just went home. Yeah. yeah. In Fallout 3, the crashed ship is there regardless of if you have the DLC turned on or not. The DLC just causes you to get abducted. Uh, there's a similar one in New Vegas, I vaguely remember. There are two aliens in... Oh, there are no aliens in Fallout 2. Tactics... And frankly, no one online wants to talk about the Brotherhood of Steel game on the PS2. So I don't know about that one. And of course you got the Flatwoods Monster in 76. Yeah. I was telling you about that in the 70, car. 76 has good monsters. Love me. It just has... I don't know. I think because it's so crowded, it takes some of the falloutiness out of it. Love you know? Me. Also, all the trees still have leaves on it. It's weird. I'm not used to seeing it. Um... Yeah, I was, it's funny, man. This uh, this Brotherhood of Steel game, it's in such a weird pit because people who don't, li- oh, people who like to talk about bad games, just don't care about it because it's too Fallout for them, and Fallout fans don't care about it because it's too bad for them. Yeah. So it fell directly in the crack. Mm-hmm. So I can't find dick information about it. Um, now then, if we're covering horrors of the wasteland. We're going to go to my last topic. Uh, we have to add a little dash of Lovecraftian horror into this episode. Of course. Mm-hmm. Let's take a trip down to Dunwich. Oh, I'm pretty Dunwich. I'm done with your shit. <laughs> so, in the northeast... I need a sandwich to get over this Dunwich. I don't, I don't want to eat one of those, um, those Monte Cristos. You told me about them. They sound stressful. They sound like every different sandwich mixed together into one disgusting mess. No, it's like a ham jam and cranberry sandwich that's been deep fried with a little powdered sugar. Look, man, if in the northeast of the Commonwealth wasteland and Fallout 4, you have this big quarry called the Dunwich Boars. One of the first spooky things I was aware of, like playing this game, you know. At first, when you show up, there's another raider camp in there, you know, run-of-the-mill. Cannon fodder for your strapping little vault dweller, you know. Um, But as you descend into the quarry's tunnels, you start to notice the raiders at a certain point stop. Hmm. They don't go all the way down, as even they don't want to deal with what's down there, man. Also, you start hearing having these weird flashes as you venture down into the earth of the miners doing work before the Great War even started. If that wasn't already setting off alarm bells, you have the terminals around the mine 
that imply they weren't there to gather stone or, or any of that. They were there to dig something up. Like, okay. Mm. We're taking things out of the ground. If you are brave or foolhardy enough to continue your way down, you will run into swarms of feral ghouls and start to feel the ground shake as you hear thuds in the distance. Finally, you reach a dead end of sorts. As you round a corner, another flashback starts, giving you a glimpse at an altar and a silent sermon is shown, giving, getting given to these kneeling people. Right. Then you snap out of it and find the feral ghouls have names to imply they were the people at this ritual. Hmm. You dispatch the ghouls, as you do, and survey the room. Uh, where the pulpit once stood, there is a hole. A deep, dark, underwater tunnel. That's a problem. Hope you don't mind some radiation and have good lung capacity. Because at the bottom of this hole um, is what looks like debris. But if you angle yourself right and have good lighting, or pull up by the game's assets to see the objects, you fucking cheater, um, you realise that there's a face in there. Have you seen that image? No. Look up big face Dunwich Boars <laughs> or something to that effect. This is going to be interesting. Yeah. Big face. Dun... No, not during pregnancy. <laughs> Weird faces during pregnancy. Um, yeah, I'm down in this, at the bottom of this pit, there's this big metallic face. You can see... Totally enough. Looks a little bit like an ultrasound. You can see an eye and a nose peeking through some of the remains. Let's feel look at that one. Hmm. Yeah, so you just see just a little bit, but it's clearly a head. Mm. Slightly above the terrifying monolithic dude in the ground, there is another section of the hole where that altar still remains. Atop it is a couple mini-nukes and something called um, Kremvez Tooth, a gnarly-looking sacrificial sword. Which is also a very handed one, because its bladed end cuts anything and poisons too, so it's pretty good in a bar fight, so to speak. You're <laughs> getting into very different bar fights for me. Look, I'm just saying, I've used it in bar fights in the game. I'm, I'm more of a fan of my disciple's knife, because this thing is gnarled up. It looks like shit. Mm. Terrifying uh, Lovecraftian big sword. What I'm hearing is, you know, they all decided to drink the Kool-Aid. They were trying to find something down there. Big scary face. Big old man living in the earth. It doesn't stop there, though, because this wasn't the first time the player could have experienced the Dunwich name. Right in the bottom left corner of Fallout 3's map, you will find the Dunwich building. Um, Dunwich LLC. They were like a drilling company. Mm. Drilling for things in particular, it turns out. Apparently. It's similar in its symptoms, feral ghouls, footsteps and thudding sounds, pre-war flashbacks, but actually to call them flashbacks is wrong because the Lone Wanderer was born inside a vault, so these are just straight up weird hallucinations. Mm. As you explore and scavenge around, you will find some audio logs from a guy I'm going to pronounce as Jaime. Jaime, right? That's kind of, it's spelled the same as Blue Beetle, so that's why I'm pronouncing it that way, you're correct. Um, Look, wait, we just went and watched the... The Black Adam movie, so I'm on a kick for... You know, you know DC characters, characters. yes. Yeah. <laughs> so Jaime was hot on the trail of his missing dad. His quote-unquote, a little nuts father, had come to this building with the quote-unquote goddamn book. Deeper into the building, more logs find the father has become a ghoul. Uh-huh. And, Je- and Jaime finds a warm stone and then abruptly also becomes a ghoul in the audio book. Oh, no. Don't put your face on this strange warm rock, okay? Meanwhile, a thing in this office I didn't notice in Fallout 4 is random objects around the place are just mysteriously thrown like a poltergeist style, you know? Nice. After this, uh, and... I like a good poltergeist. Yeah. After more of this... I was really annoyed that it wasn't in Harry Potter. Yeah. There's a lot of ghosts missing from Harry Potter's movies. Oh, they have peeves. And yeah, he's, he's, like, just a tomfoolery, like... Yeah, I know Peeves, because he's a PS1 character. Ah. I know the PS1 game more than the actual fucking movies. And Ellie Headless Nick isn't in the fucking movies that much either. But barely. And not as much as he's in, like, the books and yeah. stuff. He's definitely in the game more, because he's your tutorial man. Yeah. Um, so, back to, like, different video games about magic and 
Voldemort's. <laughs> um, so after more of this spooky stuff and pre-war texts to speeches about temples and melting skin and a guy named Ugg Qualtoth, uh, you reach uh, where the building gets real juicy, the underchambers. Ooh, the undercarriage, you yeah. say? Yeah, inside the underchambers, the lone wanderer finds Jaime's last audio log, a ghoulish rambling message from a madman. He speaks of feasts, more temples, and the return of a man named Abdul. And you will find Jaime down here, a completely feral ghoul wearing his name. It's completely turned. Okay. I when you said wearing his name, I was like, like on a t-shirt, and then I ne- next to his health like bar. Little, yeah. Yeah. Like it took me a second. So he and his feral friends are in a small cave with an obelisk in the center. It's your standard obelisk. Is it warm? Uh, maybe. Actually, definitely. As we will continue to talk. Good, good connection. You've made a, you've made a thing. You're connecting. Con- you've done conspiracy proud. Apparently, I've made connections that you haven't. Yeah. So you've got like you know standard obelisk. You know the long square with a triangle on it, mm-hmm. with a stone man trying to like escape out of it. A statue of man. He's not alive. Um, and he's like constricted with more stone tendrils. Oh. Um, that would be the end of the mystery. Somebody got octopusied. Until the point lookout DLC was released. Okay. Point Lookout was a DLC that added a man named Obadiah Blackhall, among many other things. Mm-hmm. He's looking for something stolen from him. A book called The Krebekne. That's the book that the dad had. Probably. Because he, he had a book. He wants it back, pretty simple, without the context. But as we know... Nothing is simple in Fallout. Yeah, you're not wrong. The only simple things are because they were cut content... And they, you just don't have a lot of the information still in game. Yeah. Like Deacon's fucking wife, everybody. Yeah, Google that, you suckers. Um, so, in this DLC, he wants this book back. Pretty simple, you know. You leave and go find the book. You're met by a woman named Marcella, almost immediately, who really thinks you shouldn't return the book to this guy. And that's what gives you that classic Fallout quest line, you know. you got to make the decision. You gotta do don't do it. Don't well, you, do it. You know, uh-huh. it's, he said, don't do it's set off in different parts. You got to make your call as to how to solve this little case. It's it's the old school. Um, what what's the books where you have to pick the chapter? Choose your own adventure. Goosebumps. Yeah. A few others. Goosebumps and roller coaster. Um. So what would you do? Would you return this old guy's book or give it to the chicken Mad Max lovers? Oh no! Give it to the Mad Max lady. <laughs> take it into a store and trade it for like one of those hooligans um so when you go and track the book into swamp folk territory those ugly fuckers look like something i could have covered this week too um but they have the book on a pedestal near a definitely sacrificed body oh no if you take the book they get mad and you have to kill them too hey misbehaving kitties well i'm nearly done um yeah, if you kill those dudes that get mad and take the book back to Obadiah, he will take it down to his basement and pray in front of a headless swamp folk body. Kind of boring ending, though. That is a bit. So let's instead rewind a bit and give it back to Marcella. Let's What's do that. That's my plan. That's right. what I'm doing. So you get to her camp, and men hired by Obadiah Blackhall have come and killed her. <gasps> Rude. Knowing this was a possible outcome, Marcella had left an audio log tucked away for you to find... She says the Krebekne can be destroyed if you take it to the quote-unquote wicked thing beneath Dunwich Building. The obelisk. Yeah, see, it's all coming together now. You just hand it to Jaime. <laughs> you just give it to a feral ghoul who doesn't... He just kind of like... Here you go, buddy. He just tries to, like, eat it. <laughs> with this book... Oh, was this the book Jaime's father took with him? Maybe, probably. When the lone wanderer pushes the book into the obelisk, like against it, it bursts into flames. Nice. Taking with it probably the answers we seek, and yet the madness those answers no doubt provide. Mm. Spooky. What do you think about the Lovecraftian stuff? How do you feel about all the weird um, other horror elements that sort of seep into the wasteland? I mean, it makes sense. And again, when things are going crazy, people turn to, like, weird other stuff. People turn to stuff, sure, but, like, there's evidence of all of it. That's the, that's the thing that 
It's kind of what makes the Fallout franchise kind of special because they've it had a lot of that like you know shitty old video game like attitude in the first two games, like with the return to Area Fifty One joke and stuff. Yeah, but they've kept that level of bonkers throughout the whole the whole but, series. And that's what I was saying before. Like it's so believable because it follows our timeline without following our timeline. It's a rough similar one until like the 50s, I believe. But even after that, like people still do human stuff, like turning to strange religions or... Oh man, cults are plenty. But that's the thing, like, where a lot of other things, like, cyberpunk doesn't make sense. I love the whole thing. It's like, when you're a sci-fi nerd and it's like, um, the happy guy about 2077, Cyberpunk, and the really grim, sad guy, 2077. Four. The end of the world. <laughs> I don't know. Do you have a favourite weird niche that the game touches on? I was going to say it needs mummies, but I just remembered Mr. House. Spoiler alert, is fucking basically a mummy. He has a sarcophagus and everything. It's just a little more sci-fi than you'd think. on everything because even like Hancock is kind of a pirate no he's like a early independence America guy that's what that ad is yeah but he's kind but he's of raggedy so he looks piratey piratey yeah. um do you man you like that there's a Gilman kind of a Mothman what are those called the Lake Lurks in New Vegas something like that I mean he looks Gilmany. yeah and you're Mothman but he's, he's not Mothman I don't know Mothman is Mothman I like the geckos in New Vegas. They're, they're mean as shit, but they're cute. Mm. Well, there's a dude by the lake. Um, remember you had the lake? I don't know. I just remember the mission. What was the mission? It, would, it, might, it might narrow down what you're saying. It was really foggy, and there was like the little cabins on the lakeside. It was in one of the DLCs. In Far Harbor, you're talking about you the, the Childhood of Adam like vision quest? Yeah, I think so. I was almost going to bring that up as a ghost thing, but that's a psychedelic drug vision. Yeah. So I don't know if that counts or not. But that little shrine at the end was pretty cool. Mm. I fuck, I love Far Harbor, but goddamn. It's, it and, and it kicks my ass. Boss. The hermit crab boss? See, everything is scary. Wait, if what? you saw a crab the size of a minivan come and try to give you a... just turn you into food. I don't want to. That's it. stressful, man. <laughs> um... Alright, so are you ready for a homework question? Um, yes. Uh, what are some positives about the Fallout reality? Because going, trying to narrow down this list made me realise, like, how fucking terrible it is. Like I said, there's, like, three. <laughs> yeah. So, what are they? I, I assume your answer is one of them. I don't know if I have one, because I've been bogged down. Like, the whole reason I wanted to do this episode, I wanted to talk about the override harnesses. Mm. And they didn't even end up in my notes, so... This time. Uh, this is definitely a topic we could come back to a million times over. So what are your three things? Um, I like the... The robot guys that are just happy to get, like, one building over. The USS Constitution that launched their rocket ship into the building, and they're like, we did it. We meant it to hold nothing. Yeah. 30 more years of this and we'll be good. Yeah. Mm. Um, that's one. Yeah. The atom cats are cool. Ro- yeah, so robot positivity and cool hot rod guys. If you if you have to live in the wasteland and you have to walk around in an They're literally neck. just hot rod greasers. <laughs> but, you know, the cars don't work, even though they should. They're just, I think it's just hard to make cars in the video game. <laughs> And if if you've got to have these things, mm. um, Hancock, just as a guy, yeah. Okay. He's he's like I could try and live a normal life, or fuck it. Some of the characters you made definitely are definitely highlights. I don't know if they're positives because that's a rotting man, mm. and all the Nick Valentine's things. Literally everything about the poor bastard. Nick Valentine's fun too. Yeah, he's a good egg. I don't like Piper. She's whingy. How's a real beef with Piper? She's cool. She's the one who tells us where to find Nick. 
He wasn't there. But she helped. <laughs> she tried her best. God damn it. I always, I can never win this argument, but I, I think she's alright. I have nothing against her. I just, she's there. It's like the French lady. It's there. Curie. Sure. I don't even think I made friends when I did my terrible playthrough of New Vegas. Do, do you want to know? Do you want to know what Art and Dog meet? Even though you sent me a horrible meme about him this morning. <laughs> Little bastard always in the doorway. Just kick him. It's fine. <laughs> um, the soundtrack. You like all the old-timey music. Yeah. I like how on the nose they're getting now. It's great. They never used to be this bad, but every song in Fallout 4 is like, The World's Ending, or Nuclear Power is pretty dope, huh? I hope there's no ramifications. <laughs> That's literally the whole genre. And our favourite... Uranium fever. That's what I'm saying. That's about radiation. <laughs> the weird thing, though, is that all of culture stops in the 1950s. Like, the second they get atomic power, they're like, sweet, we don't need music anymore. Yeah. It's, it's a weird thing. I kind of don't mind it, though, because it, it makes a cool tone for the rest of the series. Hmm. I still don't think I have an answer. It's all, it's all shit. It's all, it's all terrible out there. Every every story, every bit of lore is just like not well, good. We we didn't touch on the pink stuff. Mm, that was also one of my. We should talk about that one. Do you want to give a loose outline of it while I stall to try to I, think of what I think is good? I can attempt a loose outline, and I'm sure you'll correct me. Oh, I'm here to support. There is a a quest where you go to like a school. It's not even a quest. It's a location you might end up at. Out of school. Mm -hmm. And as you go around, there's like a couple of ghouls and there's like this pink goo on like tables and stuff like that. Do you remember the thing we noticed first though, before we see the paste, is how pink the feral ghouls yeah, are too. Yeah, they're, they're like glowy, but mm. pink, which is not what ghouls do anywhere else. But they are hot pink. They're sure. highlighted. They're little strawberry dumplings. Um... And then you find, like, little audio tapes around. Mm -hmm. And they talk about how the school had to start using this government-issued paste. Yeah, they were tests. They were on-trial test subjects for this new thing. Which, now that I think about it, is the same as the, like... I think it started in China, but I think they moved it to other countries throughout Asia. Mm. Where they produced rice... That had, like, it was, like, a government rice that had, like, more minerals and stuff in it. Because that's their main... Mm -hmm. That's the same kind of thing as this. I don't know if it is because of but what never, the paste might be. We don't Yeah, but we know. never, ever find out what the paste is made of. But it's kind of hinted that it might be the bad kids. Maybe. That's... It's fucking... It le it's left vague on purpose just to hassle, like... Trivia nerds like but, me. But you find, like, the little meat grindy thing. Yeah, it's a grinder that pumps out the paste, and it's near, like, dead feral ghouls. And there's little, there's little um, vending machines hmm. for the paste. But why is it weird that it's dead pink ghouls near the grinder? Because they got ground up. Now here's the thing. Pre-war, when that building was doing that, no feral ghouls. Not a thing yet. Oh, yeah. But if they were dead things going into the grinder, they wouldn't become feral ghouls. They would just be a skeleton. Mm. So what the fuck was going into it is the question. Maybe the students, but... If you are I'm under the teachers, that's a list. Well, if you read the terminals, like you said, like, kids were reacting weird and becoming, like, evil. Yeah. Maybe, maybe the government did have ghouls at that point because they were fucking around with radiation so much. I mean, they're they already fucking around with brains. Yeah, maybe, because they turn... Cause... Maybe they're feeding the bad brains to the children. Oh, maybe. There's literally, like, a zombie attack happening over the back fence, apparently. Um, yeah, maybe they had... Maybe they were shipping ghouls in secretively. Again, it's left vague, just to be but cheeky. But don't they say that they closed off the school from the community? 
No, but like some of the misbehaving kids, like you mentioned, are removed. Maybe not necessarily fed. I thought that maybe they were reacting bad to the paste, and the government was moving them away because it looks bad for the. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure it said that the school shut down and that they weren't letting outside agents in. I don't know. We need more information about it, but I don't want it to be out of 76. I want I want legit in 45 years when Fallout, uh, you know, 6 comes out, or 5, whichever number we're up to, whatever. When we get New Vegas 2, baby, that's We've that's got 76. Hmm. So it'll be... 77. Hmm. Should always be numbered after the vault. That's a cool idea. But then I'm like, I don't know if I want everyone to be in vaults. I like the vault full of planes. That's another scary one. They That's all jump scares. Ivy. Little jerks. And they look like the bushes and then they bite you. <laughs> um, alright. You brought up paste. You know what was positive about the Fallout universe? A perfectly preserved pie looks pretty good. Looks like a cheesecake. But why is it perfectly preserved? I don't know. It doesn't give you radiation when you eat and it. And why is it in a claw machine? That's why it's perfectly preserved. Don't get the fucker out. Hey, hey, listeners. Three tries. I run a very, a very high luck character because I, I'm personally not good at video games, especially anything that's first person shootery. Me too! So I went hard on the luck, because give me a fucking break, dude. <laughs> Alright. That, that, that ought to do it, I think. Um, oh, that's another good thing. Mm-hmm. The little cartoon dudes at the start. Oh, the Vault Boys? The... Oh, yes, we're like Vault Boy. Vault Boy's a good egg. Quick, quick, quick. Alright. Well, as the fucking party over the back fence starts to get rowdy, it's probably time to wrap <laughs> this one up. As the cats turn into feral wolves, because dinner was an hour ago. They are getting hungry. Um, alright, well, uh, duck and cover, ladies and future boys. Put your head between your knees and kiss your butt goodbye. Yeah. Um, yeah, thanks for listening. Remember to rate, review, subscribe. Have a happy Halloween, because it's that month. Watch a horror movie. Do something spooky. Play the Saw video game. Or don't. See if you can find the Saw video game. I don't know. Eat candy corn, and then candy corn's all right. spit it at someone. Alright. Alright, remember to rate, review, subscribe. Uh, stay tuned for more episodes. Stay tuned for old episodes. Do whatever you like. I've uh, been joined by producer Kyle. Hi. I, I your, do not have uranium fever. I am your host, Toby DePaula. And class is dismissed.